Hi, I'm Carlin Holbrook. I'm a John Maxwell team certified coach, teacher, trainer, speaker, published author, and influencer with more than 25 years of global leadership experience. If there's one thing I've seen firsthand time and time again, it's that the best leaders inspire others to follow their purpose and their passions, while the influence of a bad leader can literally tear down people's potential. Join me for a few sips of leadership tips that will help you become a better leader by first conquering the hardest person to lead, you. Nobody should ever ask someone in an interview, where do you see yourself in five years? I mean, five years. Seriously, nowadays, that's an eternity. I mean, look at even the complete pivot just in one year alone. 2020 has forced a lot of people and businesses to do and completely changing their businesses, changing the way we work. I mean, with the speed of our marketplace, the speed of technology constantly changing, the job market is going to continue to change. The wants and desires of a consumer is going to continue to change based on that. And even the new generations that are entering, the young people that are entering the workforce, well, we don't know what they're consumption is going to be like. We don't know what kind of tech and trends are going to happen and what kind of advancement that they're going to bring. And I really, well, I really appreciate futurists and trend analysis predictions. And, you know, they do their best to say, hey, jobs of the future in 2030. I've read tons of those articles or jobs of the future in 2025 through 2050 and all these new and fun and different types of job terms. Well, even if they don't completely nail it, again, we don't know yet um, if they will or not, it's still the concept and the idea of the fact that they are are saying to us that we don't know. The future is going to continue to look different and it's going to continue to change. And nobody literally can predict the future beyond a shadow of doubt, not even Miss Cleo or any other, you know, psychics out there. There are just too many variables. So if you ask this question in an interview, Sorry, but I believe that you're a dinosaur then. That question and that ideology should also be extinct. It's just not a fair question to ask somebody. And I don't think it should be reflected poorly on someone who says, I don't know where I see myself in five years. That shouldn't be perceived as flighty or flaky. Okay, because if you're not, okay, let's say you're not buying this, right? Well, answer me this. How many of you wanted to be one thing when you were a kid and then changed your mind multiple times over the years? Well, in my lifetime, I've only met maybe a handful of people who knew exactly what they wanted to do from the time they were a kid, who actually followed through doing it 20, 30 years later, and are actually still happy and doing it. I mean, a couple doctors, a couple lawyers, actors, that's it. Everybody else, like me, I may have changed their minds a hundred times, wanted to do different things. And it's been a combination of changing their minds and changing our majors and sometimes on what we didn't even know because we didn't know what was possible when we dreamt up something 10 or 15 years ago because those jobs or roles or functions or technologies didn't even exist. And so the more also that we grew up and the more we learned about ourselves and started down a path based on where what our strengths were and what we found that our desires were instead of where our parents thought we should go or our parents said, well, this is a good career or that's a good move and this is what you should do and influence that. So I think it's okay to change your mind when you start having those realizations about your own strengths and passions that maybe you didn't before. And by the way, this will continue throughout your whole life. Isn't that what makes living more fun? It makes it a journey, makes it exciting that you can zigzag, you can pivot, you can change courses, you can detour. So why do we 
hold it against people if they have a resume that's been, you know, filled with different jobs and and different, you know, experiences. I actually look at that person. I want to hear more about their story because I bet it's an interesting one, right? So which category do you fall into? I was brought up in an environment where people did ask you constantly as a kid, what do you want to be when you grow up? Well, how the hell would I have known? I barely knew how to tie my shoe or which game I wanted to play at recess. I think the better question would have been, who do you want to be when you grow up? What kind of person? Rather than what kind of job or vocation do you want? Because then you just start to align your job and vocation with who you are. It starts to become your identity, which is a really dangerous thing to do. Our self-worth then starts to lie in that as opposed to who we are as individuals. And frankly, jobs and vocations, well, those change a lot, friends. They do. Industry changes. Jobs and roles change. But who you are does not change, like deeply who you are. Yes, of course, you can grow. You can get better. You can continuously improve. But who you are as a person doesn't. So why do we spend so much time trying to force kids into picking an occupation when we should be helping them find their strengths, their passions, define their God-given talents and gifts that make them so unique, how they will pursue that. And then there's plenty of time to figure that out, like the what, and frankly, that'll change throughout the course of their journey. And we should all be okay with that. So I've gotten plenty of side-eye from mentors and peers about my own career choices. I've opted to move back and forth twice between California and Florida for different opportunities. I left what other people you know, saw as a coveted job in my field in one segment for a completely different business segment. I opted opted to take a step down from an executive position to pursue a role where a door opened and led me to a completely new type of job that, frankly, I'd never even thought about before, but one that spoke to my heart and the timing was right. My passion for helping others, my passion for helping teams was baked into this role that I had never knew even existed before. Now where I go next, I'm okay with not knowing 100% because I have faith that doors open. And it's about staying connected to who you are, what gifts you have, and having the courage to take leaps of faith to keep growing and expanding yourself, and meeting other people, and sharing of yourself with other people. And then those people will see you and get to know you, and then they will pick up the phone for you, and they will advocate for you. So leaders and recruiters, now I'm going to talk to you very specifically Stop seeing resume or job jumps as a bad thing. Start looking at people who pursue pursue multiple roads and passions as risk takers, as go-getters, as well-rounded with a toolbox full of possibilities, as people who adapt well, who are very flexible and agile, and who embrace change and oftentimes are change agents. We have got to think differently. We've got to look at transferable skills, talk to people to hear their passions, hear their stories. We can only get so much off a piece of paper, and we know that, uh, and, or off LinkedIn these days, right? Take a chance on people. I would much rather have somebody on my team with strong character, passion, creativity, integrity, fresh ideas, innovative thinking, an agile and obviously very adaptable person, and then train them than someone super experienced with no emotional intelligence or enthusiasm or ability to change or adapt. Just don't use a hiring cookie cutter. Find and place different people from different backgrounds with different experiences. You don't just hire for a role. You do hire for a team. 
People are more than just algorithms in a database or so-called correct answers to the questions on a checklist. It's all right to trust your instinct and take chances. Your instinct tells you a lot about a person. That's a lot, or to use a quote from Back to the Future, whoa, that's heavy. Um, And no, I'm not talking about something being wrong with the Earth's gravitational pull. Okay, if you don't get that, clearly I'm old and you need to watch Back to the Future. You're probably wondering, well, where do I even start with all of this? Like, if you really are starting to try to think about who you are rather than what you're doing. And I know a lot of you out there are searching for a new career path. And maybe it's because another door closed for you. You know, you've been furloughed. You've been laid off. I know this has been a really rough year for so many. But I think all of us actually need to have this conversation with ourselves. We all need to soul search and make sure that we're not wasting this precious gift of life based on someone else's dream, based on what somebody else told us we should be doing or shouldn't be doing, or even what a a culture or a work environment, a workplace environment tells you what you should be doing and what you should accept and not accept. I'm going to give you guys a few sips, and you might want to take notes because this first one especially is a long one. So as you're doing this soul searching and trying to figure out, well, what is it that really makes you tick? Let's make a heart map. This is a simple tool that will help you help guide you as you create a vision and intention for your life. So grab a piece of paper and just draw a heart on it. It's very simple. Artistic ability, not required, I promise. Draw five large sections coming out of the heart. These are what I like to call your arteries. Um, each of those sections are going to be named something different. The first one, and again, no particular order. What makes you, you? What makes you unique? These could be your gifts or talents or attributes or things that have happened to you in your life, things you've gone through, adversity, obstacles. And then the second section, what gets your heart racing in a good way? It can be anything that excites you and that enthuses you. The more specific, the better. And again, no wrong answers. This is about you. And make a long list. The next section, what are your strengths? And this is really important, not what people tell you, but what do you believe your strengths are? And not just the strengths that, oh, I'm good at that, but I don't really like doing that. Really pull those things apart. Make sure that you're putting things down that you enjoy doing, that you know you're good at and you love it. You can use things like strengths finder tests or different personality, Myers-Briggs, another one, other things. But I would also challenge you to take that as input, which is great and it's good data, but really dial down and listen to your heart when you're, when you're um, writing out these lists in each of these sections. It's important that you are more in touch with who you are and what, what your voice is saying rather than maybe what other people's voices have you know, become in your head. The next section is what are your cap- capacity caps? So these are strengths that you need to strengthen, not weaknesses. That's not what this whole piece of paper is about. Because frankly, if there's something that you're not good at or you don't like doing, don't put it on this paper because this is your heart map. And then finally, what are your values? What is the core of who you are? What do you value? And what are like non-compromising values? All right. So those are all your artery sections. Then inside your heart, you're going to do two things. First, Based on a lot of what you wrote in all of your arteries, create a life vision. Now, this is what you aspire your life to be. And don't make it about a certain job or a certain function or a certain department. 
don't be that specific. This is more about like, how do you want to impact the world? What's the difference you want to make? What's the value you want to add? And then secondly, create a life mission. And this is how you will accomplish your best life. What, what is going to drive you to accomplish your vision? So again, when you're filling out these spaces, just get out of your head and into your heart. Just kidding. 80s song. Okay, I'm, I'm full of the pop culture references these days, aren't I? So don't overthink or apply purely logical and analytical thinking. Answer your questions and they, the answers to your questions must be felt. They must be felt in your heart. They must, you must feel the excitement in your stomach. And not, again, all the voices in your head that usually come from other people or even that negative voice in your head. It's not about what will make you money or what will give you power. This is about discovering your purpose and your passions. All right, I warned you. That was a long sit. So write the map down. Play with the map. It's only for you and to help you reflect and remember who you are and find your why. Next tip, create a different kind of elevator pitch. Uh, this is me pitch. Not only an awesome song from the movie The Greatest Showman with Hugh Jackman, but also a great reminder that you shouldn't apologize for who you are. You are one of a kind and you need to own it. So when you have an informational interview or meet and greet or talking to a career placement advisor or anybody that you want to advocate for you or talk about you know, po- career possibilities or job possibilities, I tell people that I coach and mentor, don't make your pitch about a specific job or department or a role. Again, that's for an interview. That's fine, right? Because you're talking to them about a very specific role. I'm talking about when you're just talking generally to people trying to network. And it's better to not make it about a specific role. Make the pitch about you. Use your heart map. Who are you? What makes you tick? What gets you excited? What are you passionate about? Make it short. Make it concise. But keep it to attributes, not functions or job titles. This will help you get, get, help you help others get more creative when they see the possibilities of a role. And sometimes for a role you didn't even exist. Think about what happens when you're having a meet and greet with someone or an intervi- informational type of interview. And if you just tell them flat out, I want to be a very specific job and a very specific function, what likely is their response going to be? Oh, well, that function and that job isn't open right now. Sorry, come back later kind of thing. So you've just completely closed their mind to any other possibilities. Instead, if you tell them, these are the things that are my strengths. I'm a strong project manager. I'm, I love connecting with people. I'm really good with you know leading cross-functional initiatives or activities. If you talk about more of your attributes as opposed to a specific job role and title, then you're putting it back on them to think about where those skills could apply. And what's cool about that is when they it gets their mind thinking more broadly, like, hey, have you ever thought of this type of role? Have you ever thought of this team? Have you ever thought of that? And I, speaking from a lot of experience, so often I hear about things I never even knew existed. That's, a, that's what the role I'm in right now. I shared with a friend and colleague about what I'm passionate about, what I feel I'm good at, what I enjoy doing. Then an opportunity came up that I never had any idea existed and she thought of me. Never would I ever known or thought about the role I'm in now, but I'm so glad I shared my personal pitch with her and with others because I wouldn't be in the job I am today. And the third and final tip. Be okay with a change of plans. I mean, we might as well have burned our 2020 planners, am I right? It's okay. Well, I wouldn't have wished this year's tragic events to happen again. We need to be agile. We need to be ready for a shift anywhere at any time. 
Yes, even in 2021, we don't know what the future holds. It's also why a five-year career plan makes no sense. Let your heart map guide you, guide your path, set your intentions each year to guide your actions. I am not a fan of New Year's resolutions. While New Year's is actually my favorite holiday because it is a start of a new year, the fresh opportunity, possibilities, anything can happen. Resolutions to me are a waste because you make a laundry list of things that you'll likely do for a few weeks, then you fizzle out, you get discouraged, nothing changes, and then you move on with your life and you're back where you started. Instead of doing that, I like the idea of picking a word as the theme for the year. Then you can make small goals and and take small actions throughout the year that all support your word. I um, moderate a women's circle at work, and each year we pick one word as the theme for the new year. And this year we also decided to create some vision boards around our, our words. It's fun because the word actually ends up manifesting itself in ways you didn't even realize when that becomes your theme and you live it and you love it and you learn it and you you keep it going. In 2019, for example, I picked the word legendary because I wanted to help people and do things that would be new and impactful for always, for all times, like to help people be their own legends and to do legendary, long-lasting things. Well, I also ended up seeing a ton of legends in concert that same year. Tony Bennett, Frankie Valli, Gladys Knight, met the cast of Back to the Future, Your word becomes your mantra, it becomes your vision, and I even received a Distinguished Lifetime Achievement Award at work and was profiled in my alumni newsletter. See, so many expected things that were truly legendary. It's amazing how that word ends up working for you. If you have trouble finding a word, myintent.org has a great word finder test. It's absolutely free. I'm not pitching anything to you. So as 2020 is coming to a close, and in just a few days we'll begin a new year, it's a perfect time to start start thinking about and determining a theme for the new year and for your life. Whether you're looking for a new job or just want to refocus your path or on your passions and be intentional about your purpose and maybe 2020 is just help you realize, you know, hey, life is just too short and I want to do the things I'm really purposefully here to do, meant to do, gifted to do on this earth. So put down a 5 and 10 year plan. Just figure out the theme for your life one year at a time. After all, it's a new year and time for a new brew. Thank you for having a cup of coffee with me today. For more sips and tips, connect with me on social and follow Leader Sips on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. And don't forget to visit my website, carlynholbrook.com. Until next time, keep on brewing.